Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Amal. It's lekker om jullie te zien. It's lekker om hier te wees. Uh, it's a privilege. Um, so this morning, I want to um, speak about something that might be a bit more difficult, both to grasp and to bring across. So let's trust together that we will get uh, the, 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 the nuance and the weight of God right on the subject. All right? I'm not going to tell you yet what it is. I just want us to trust together. All right, shall we? Let's focus. Lord Jesus, we want to come to the speaking one. We thank you, Lord, that you are building your church and that you are speaking, us, uh, speaking to us, that you are speaking over us. And uh, we pray that, that, that you will tune our spirits to hear what the real spirit of God is saying. Lord, we thank you that this is not an imaginary game, uh, but it is actually responding to a living person on the other side of the veil. And Lord, so, so, so I just pray for every one of us uh, um, an, an, an awakeness, an alertness, and, and, and an ability to hear what you are saying. And, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will fine-tune this message um, to such an extent that every person will hear it with the weight that they need to hear it. Um, we trust you for that, Lord. We thank you that we can commit this morning into your hands. Amen. Right, so um, the, my, my name is Cassie, for those that don't know me, I think most of you would, and uh, uh, Marty is my wife, and we are part of the leadership here in this church, and it's a privilege. Um, it's an absolute privilege to see what the Lord is doing, and to work with the Lord. As I was praying now, this is actually what I'm doing when I'm preparing a preach, I'm just, or we, are not, we are not just coming and, and, and thinking like, hey, can I have this, you know, talk? It's not like that. It's like we are searching a living person and trying to find out, Lord, where are you this week? This is really what's happening. And then we bring that as good as we, we can. So I'm persuaded that what I'm bringing now is what the Lord is saying. At least I'm persuaded that this is what the Lord is emphasizing right now. So um, um, one, of, one of the scriptures in the Bible writes about the delight of Jesus, okay? It's a prophetic scripture in Isaiah, and it says, when Jesus will come, when the Messiah will come, his delight will be in something. Who can tell me what that is? None of the elders can answer this. Who can tell me? Um, his delight will be in something. Yes, Stella. Uh, he delights in the prosperity of his saints. It's totally true. It's not the one that I was thinking about. Good for you. <laughs> that is true. Good. Yes. Delight in us. Um, I, I presume he delights in us. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Contrite heart and broken spirit. He, he likes it, but you, you need to complete the, the, the sentence. His delight will be in. The fear of the Lord. Thank you, Mornay. Give him something. <laughs> okay. TMT student, TMT student. But it was before you were there, right, Mark? <laughs> All right. Okay. His delight, Isaiah 11.3, would be in the fear of the Lord. Now, um, I want to attempt to, to place uh, uh, this congregation in a healthy understanding 
of the fear of the Lord. At least give us a weight in that direction. So the past two Sundays, we've been speaking about giving ourselves to the apostolic teaching, to fellowship and, 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 and hospitality. And, and we've been speaking about the nice stuff, you know, the, the love stuff and, and how much the Lord loves us and so on. And here is something which is a little bit the opposite to that, okay? It's a balance to that. It's, 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 it's in the Lord, not something different, but it sounds different, all right? It's a balance. Um, now, now, this is not like you've got the good God who's loving and then you've got the bad God who is fearful. It is the same good God who is loving and fearful at the same time. Are you with me? All right? It's the goodness of the Lord that I will reveal, or that I think Scripture reveals, that we'll be looking, but it's the goodness in the fearful side of Him. Are you with me? Okay. Now, in, um, in bringing this, I want to say that, that in, the, in the book of Acts, in Acts 9, can you just uh, show that quickly? In Acts 9, it speaks of the church um, that said they were prospering in a balance of um, the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord was here mentioned as one of the essential ingredients for healthy growth. Okay? There needs to be the comfort of the Spirit, which all of us need, like come to the throne, there is a smile available, and then there is a fear of the Lord component, which we need if we want to see healthy growth in our church. Now, when I'm coming this morning and I speak about the fear of the Lord, it is not balanced in itself, okay? Say with me, not balanced. Good. So don't tell me afterwards it wasn't balanced. I know it is not balanced. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying in one preach to, to balance it, uh, like, like in, in, the, in the same preach, play both sides. I'm just going to bring something that if you listen to it by itself, it sounds unbalanced, all right? This morning will sound unbalanced until we see it in the context of what the Lord is speaking continually. Are you with me? All right, so it is... It is um, if, you, if you're speaking of um, a seesaw, all right, if you've got one person on a seesaw, it probably won't be working, okay? He will sit. He will not be seen. He, he will <laughs> it will not go seesaw, all right? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, you will be sitting on the ground alone, Okay? The seesaw will work if you've got two people of closely the same weight on opposite ends, and then it makes the thing work. This is what we need to understand in our Lord. God, when He comes with truth, the center of truth is usually two truths which are seemingly opposite, that have a tension and you find God in the middle, all right? Now, I'm just going to bring the one side of the seesaw. So, <laughs> I'm going to bring the saw. <laughs> and so, let's speak about um, fearing God. The, so, the title of this preach is Fear Him. Fear Him. It, is one, it will be one of the shortest topics but most scriptures that I'm going to give for the year. So please be ready. 
So far. So far. Now, um, when the Bible looks at the fear, at fear, just the topic of fear in general, we need to understand that there are right fears and wrong fears. All right? There are two kinds of fears. And I'm just going to throw out one or two examples that we understand that we need to somehow cut uh, and say, okay, what fear is this that we're speaking about? So fear, although sometimes the very same word is used, it means two different things. So Fritz, for example, was mentioning three, four weeks ago, the fear that, that cancels faith, okay? The fear of the Lord empowers faith, all right? The right fear. So you can have a fear that cancels faith, and it's usually a focus on the giant, a focus on things, a focus on people. And then when God is put in the center and the fear of God grips us, it empowers faith. And that is what we need to distinguish here. All right, so let's, let's have a look. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 would say, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Very well known. Frequently quoted. Let's give the other one. All right, so the spirit, is the spirit a spirit of fear? No is the answer. Good. Let's give a yes to this answer. In Isaiah, um, we would say, Isaiah 11, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon, it speaks about Jesus, and then it still says the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So in the very same thing, he is a spirit of fear. Are you with me? He's not a spirit of fear, but he's a spirit of fear. Are we, are we still with us? Are we still all together? Good. Matthew 17. So Matthew 17, verse 5 to 7, is a scene where Jesus is on the mountain. And in this, three disciples are with him. Jesus has a transfiguration. He gets transformed. Like Moses had, Jesus has now, but just exponentially. So he starts shining like as if he's some star, right? which he is. But, but I, mean, I mean, like he, the, he starts shining. And the disciples see it. And they hear the voice of God like the Israelites many moons ago heard it. And something grips them. They fear. They are terrified, the Bible says. And so in verse 7, um, uh, um, yeah, maybe I'm jumping too quickly. Verse 6, they, they heard the voice. They fell on their faces terrified. Okay, this is the fear of God. Are you with me? And then Jesus does something. He comes, he touches them in the next verse and says, have no fear. And you're like, should they fear? Shouldn't they fear? What is, what is happening here, you know? What, what is going on? Let's go to uh, Luke 12, 5. So Jesus is speaking. He says, I will tell you whom you should be fearing. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Fear the one who has authority to condemn to hell. So here Jesus just in the previous scripture said, don't fear. And now he's saying, you should be fearing. Are you still with me? So obviously we need to find out like, what do I, what do, so, so should I fear, shouldn't I fear? What, am I, what, what fear are we speaking about? Okay, what, is, what does the fear produce? Where am I going with this? Okay, the questions you're asking to yourself. So the bottom line is Jesus says, fear him, and somehow we need to understand, like, what do we need to do? How do we get this thing right? Now, if he says, fear him, there is something, there is a person that he is referring to. 
And I just want us to step back one step. And before we look at the fear, let's look at who is the him that Jesus is speaking. So he's referring to his father. And father usually has a nice feel, right? Many of us, um, if we think father, and especially if we think a, a blameless father God who doesn't make the mistakes our earthly fathers might have made, it's like he is the teddy bear father, all right? He is the comforting good one upon whose lap we can go and sit. And, and it's just like he's, he's nice, you know, he's nice. And, and so Jesus is referring to that father, and, and the first thing that he says about him, he has the authority to cast into hell. Now, when I, when I think of this father Jesus is referring to, I'm thinking of a creative God. And I just want us to think creation for a moment without scripture. Just imagine this. In the beginning, there was nothing. It was dark. And then God the Father, through Jesus, but God the Father, providing the force, spoke stars into existence. Now, I mean, stay with me, just science. If you look at any star, it is many, many explosions, nuclear explosions at the same time. It's like these, these, these atomic bombs just exploding into fire all the time. And, and, and it keeps on, you know, for years and hundreds of years and thousands of years. Just these explosions and explosions and explosions and explosions. And that's on one star. And, and the God who said, light be, is the one who, when he spoke that, there were, there were millions of these that, that started happening, being sustained by that, just, those, just that one or two words. I, I mean, like, I suppose there's debate on <laughs> what language he was speaking, but in some spiritual language, he said stars. And they continue to amaze us unto this day, and they continue to, to show that they are more than what we could ever imagine. They, and this is the person. Look, this is not a fairy tale person. This is a real being who, I mean, we are happy that the sun is not too close to us, but we are happy that the sun is there. Now, there are many, many billions of those out there because of one person that spoke something. This is, this is sort of the force we are reckoning. This is the, the person we are considering. Um, I, I, if, I, if I think of, of this God, and, and remember, I'm doing this unbalanced. I'm not balancing. God is the one who created a beautiful, beautiful garden with a deadly tree in it. By design. I was, I was looking um, we, with, with John. We are going through some scriptures. We're reading through the Bible. And we were reading about Aaron and his sons. God speaking and says, listen here, I want Aaron and his four sons to come and minister to me. And it just struck me that as God said, listen here, I want Abram, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, Itamar. I want them to come and serve me. As he was mentioning those four names, he knew two of them would die with the first go at this. He knew it. And he called them to it. And somehow he didn't make an exception in warning them that this would be their last day. Um, it's, the same, it's the same one. And um, 
God somehow is the one who, and I know this is, we, we are part of the dilemma. I get this, but I'm, think, I'm speaking about God now. God is the one who called his friend, right? Abraham was his friend, okay? He called his friend with his offspring into Egypt. God led them into Egypt, the Bible says. Full well knowing that many of his friend's descendants, the little boys, would be murdered there. He called them there. It says God is the one who, after this ordeal and judgment of Egypt, led a few million out, um, leading them to a promised land. But the Bible says with most of them, God was displeased. And they were killed in the wilderness. I know, again, there was a human factor. I get that. I get that. I'm speaking about the fearful side of God. The, let's not take it for granted that if he took me out of Egypt, that I will reach the promised land, God. Um, I think the, the God that I would remind us about is a God who designed a creation as if it's a, as if it's a, a, a play that is... You know, if, if somebody writes a, a movie or a play, he's a plot and he's got all kinds of bad characters, good characters, some, you know, God wrote creation around his son to such an extent, full well knowing that he writes the massacre of his son into the play. He knew what he was getting into before he started. He never was surprised by the outcome of how things were playing out. And um, on the one hand, God is love. He is ultimately, truly, totally love. He is he, defined by love. But if we miss out the dangerous component of God, then we don't understand how the love of God really functions and how he how he looks like, how it is. Love is the ultimate goal. But there's something about the fear of the Lord that cannot be separated from the love. Um, and and so, so somehow, he's, he's super, super love. And on the other hand, he's extremely dangerous. Like extremely dangerous. And the extreme danger is what I want us to remember this morning. So here, if I told you, that um, in our midst this morning, we have got a serial killer. He's a well-known killer. Um, he might not look it. Um, he looks like quite an ordinary guy. But he's got a track record. He's killed hundreds of people. And, and, and I would advise you, just, just, just be careful if you're around him. Okay? If, if, I mean, like, if you are in, 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 working in a prison and, 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 and one of the inmates, you know his track, track record, he has, he has brutally murdered people. The way that you handle yourself around that guy is just totally different. There's, you just use a few extra pads, <laughs> vests, helmets, stuff, you know. You are just, okay? Now, can we just for a moment, let's just think together. Think of a few times that you know where God has killed Let's, let's mention a few examples. Just this together. Do you know that God has killed? Who has God killed? Okay. Rebellion against Moses. What is, what is one of the ways that God killed them? 
opened the earth, swallowed them into probably some volcano or lava or stuff. All right? They went straight into hell. God killed an entire planet, except for a few people, with a flood. Ananias and Sapphira, it's after Christ. It is in the church. There's lots of joy. Two gone. God has killed before, yes. Church of Corinth, people have died not understanding what this is about. Anyone else? The guy who touched the ark, one of the worshipers died in the process. He who wanted to save the glory of God died in the process. He killed, yeah? Sodom and Gomorrah, God coming and wiping a town with fire and brimstone. That is a rain of fire, okay? Lot's, Lot's wife with it. Yeah, the guys in the desert, and they were killed in their thousands. Snakes, fire, plague and pestilence, all kinds of, they, they, they killed one another at some stage. I mean, it was, God, yeah? Anyone else? The Eroesia drowning an entire Egyptian army. Totally, intentional, it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. The firstborn in Egypt, all the babies died. All the males in Egypt. I don't know how old they were when, when they were, but everybody who was born first, every male that was born first, at one moment, he killed Jesus. All right. Can I just say, we are dealing with someone who is known to kill. Okay? He does kill. So let's look at some scripture. Um, as we think of, of somebody who has killed many times before. So um, two scriptures I just want us to, um, to, to remember. Romans 11.22 says the following. Consider the kindness and the severity. For our health, we need to keep the two in balance. Remember the kindness and severity. Severity to those who have fallen. It speaks about falling away from faith. Being Abram's offspring but going to hell. All right? Consider the severity. But God's kindness to you with a provision. With, with, with a clause that would say it might be possible that you don't continue. Otherwise you would not be warned. Consider the kindness and the severity of God. Deuteronomy um, uh, 32, 39 says the following. So see now that I, even I am he. There is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. So um, say with me, I kill and I make alive. So can we agree that the healer God is also the killer God? The healer God is also the killer God. Fear him. So um, I don't want to. I don't want 
uh, um, come across as if I've got this topic whacked. So, so, so as it, if, it, if it sounds like that, please, please, here's the disclaimer. I don't want to say I've got the balance, but I just feel that there's something, something so precious in understanding the fear of the Lord. Okay? It is something which, if we get it right, there are keys, there are treasures that are being unlocked if we get this thing right. So if we understand this truth, the healer God is the killer God, we find immense treasures and keys for life, and we find keys for real friendship with God. Otherwise, you have something flaky which will not take you into the depths which God has for us. We want to be friends of God. Are you with me? Okay. Who do you know that was described as a friend of God? Abraham. Okay. So let's quickly look at two things which would describe the friendship and the fear in Abraham's life. So, it must be some Genesis. Okay. So, the fear and the intimacy with God go hand in hand. So, in Genesis 18 verse 70, we get a glimpse of the friendship which God has with Abraham. This is just before um, um, God goes and destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, which we've just now mentioned. And there's something that is revealed about the heart of God. He says, shall I hide from my friend what I'm going to do? It's like there's no need in God to ask permission, to speak to Abraham. There's nothing except affection and friendship that says, I want to share it with him. I want to do, but then, let's just look at um, Genesis 22, verse 12. So this is where Isaac is on the mountain. Abraham was willing to kill his, his promise, his beloved son. And so Genesis 22, 12 says the following. Do not lay your hand on the boy. Do anything, for now I know that you fear God. Now I know. You, we must understand that Abraham's obedience was from the fear of the Lord. The fear of God provided the fuel for Abraham to obey in the difficult times. And we find the same with Noah. In um, Hebrews eleven seven, 7, um, we would say, By faith Noah, being warned by God, was able um, to construct um, the ark. He, um, yeah, that's the 22, 12. <laughs> Um, so, um, just just disclaimer for, for Jeska, um, I am jumping around in my notes a bit, so she, she doesn't have them all together now. But Hebrews 11, 7, um, Noah, in reverent fear, constructed an ark. Um, for the Hebrew scholars, it's interesting, this a Greek word, fear, is slightly different than the other other. Um, um, uh, uh, Hebrew, uh, uh, Greek words, many, many of them are exactly the same word, and it has to do with um, uh, phobia or phobeo. It's just, it's just a fear. There's nothing, you don't need to wonder, it's fear. You fear God. This one has got, has got a component where it's a little bit more of a circumspection. It's a, it's a, uh, um, uh, it's a big word to say, he, he considered everything, and he sort of came to the conclusion that if I don't do this, I'm toast or wet toast or whatever. Um, he came to a conclusion because he considered and it brought a reverence that caused him to obey. Okay? No matter how you look at the Greek words, 
the fear of the Lord is where we, wanna, we, we want to um, end. So um, the, the, the friendship um, is something that I, that I just want to speak. So what I'm, what I'm going to, to mention now with the fear of the Lord is a few scriptures. I'm just going to throw out a few scriptures to highlight the preciousness or the treasure which we are dealing with, okay? Because if you just hear the woo, I'm going to kill you, we don't hear what the Lord is, is, is doing here. Um, there's something of a deep-seated, don't mess with God, that we need to find, alongside with the liberty to approach. We know that the Apostle John had this, right? Able to lean on the breast of Jesus and fall before him like a dead man. Okay? He, maybe not initially, but eventually he found this, how to live a life in the fear and love of God combined. Abraham found this. We can find this. It's a treasure to be sought. So um, I'm, I'm running through a few things. Isaiah 33, 6. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. If you want to know what is this church's treasure, it's to find the fear of the Lord. It would be one of the treasures we need to, um, to find. Psalm 33, 18. The eye of the Lord, specifically with regards to deliverance, uh, is on those who fear Him. This context is, if we can understand the fear of the Lord, there's a realm of deliverance, a realm of favor that breaks open. Um, Psalm 24, 12, uh, 25, 12. The instruction of the Lord is with those who fear Him. So it's like um, um, those who live in the fear of the Lord draw the counsel of God. It is so, He wants to. It is an attribute that attracts the presence of the King. We must know we are speaking here of how does the church look like that, that is attractive to God. The church that attracts the presence of God is one who fears Him. 25.14, the friendship of the Lord is with those who fear Him. Like we found with Abraham, and He makes known to them His covenant. We looked at, at Abraham and Noah. Um, in, um, in Psalm 34, verse 7 to 9, many of the Psalms have got a fear of the Lord component. The goodness of the Lord is connected to the fear of the Lord. Um, Psalm 34, um, 7 to 9. I'm not going to read, but the, but the point is, there's, there's so much goodness of the Lord that breaks open in somebody's life if you grasp the fear, if we understand that. It's interesting that um, in, in that same Psalm in verse 11, it says, come children, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord can be taught. Um, also, um, Proverbs 2 would say, the fear of the Lord should be intensely sought. We should seek it as for hidden treasures. We should search for it. We should lift our voices. We should cry out for it and find the fear of the Lord. Um, so it could be taught. It should be sought. And then um, in Proverbs 1.29, it says it can be chosen. It's something that you choose. So Proverbs 1.29, if you can just um, show that. I, I just want to lift this and pause this, just a brief moment. It says, um, the, uh, sort of the, the opposite, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear 
of the Lord. And then it goes downhill from there. Okay? The point is, you and I, Josh and Paul, we have a choice. And if we think just perfect love casts out all fear, and we think that's the sum total of this, we miss the balance of Scripture. Perfect love casts out bad fear and introduces the right fear. And do not be uh, fooled when, when, when we try and bring correction to a bad fear that it throws out all fear. Okay? Um, we need to choose the fear of the Lord. Um, the Bible says fear paves the way for holiness. So um, Proverbs 8.13, for example, would, would say um, the fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Um, 2 Corinthians 7.1, um, it speaks about bringing holiness to completion in the fear of the Lord. It is like our, the way that we conduct ourselves separate from sin gets empowered um, by the fear of the Lord. If, if, if we are trying to live holy separate from the fear of the Lord, this is probably like driving a car without the petrol. Okay? It is something which empowers you. It empowered Abram to bring a most terrific sacrifice. It empowered Noah to obey a ridiculous command. It empowers us today to hold the line when everybody is laughing and thinks you are out of your mind living in a specific way. But the fear of the Lord, it kept Joseph, it will keep us. We need this. So um, um, Philippians 2.12 speaks about a process of salvation that is worked out in this. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So here is what I want us to remember. Salvation is a moment. And salvation is a process, and salvation is a future event all at the same time, okay? We have been saved. If you've, if you've given your life to Jesus, you receive the Spirit as a seal, there's a salvation moment. But there's something of that that needs to be worked out, some, some, something where, where you get transformed the way that you work out this thing. And the fear is a, an essential ingredient in that working out. Unto that day when there's a complete and final uh, breakthrough. And so it goes on. Um, we've got uh, Jonathan Conrath um, coming um, this week. Um, so for those who don't know, he's a, he's, he's a guy who moves powerfully in evangelism, signs, wonders, miracles. He's got long, long, many long stories of, of what the Lord has used him, miraculous healings, both for himself and people through his ministry. And he is ministering in Sunningdale this weekend. If you can go, please. There's an equipping time the Saturday morning. I think it's from 9 till 12. And did they change the time? Okay. The equipping, the equipping time? So there's a 4 to 6, and then... Seven to nine or something like that. Do you, do you know any, anything more? It's this Saturday. It's this Saturday. But there's an equipping time. They, okay, 
I don't know if they dropped the equipping time totally and if it's just going to be the evening. But I, I got two conflicting times, which is, was a four to six and then a six to eight or, or what as well. The bottom line is, go to Conrath. Go to Jonathan Conrath, all right? And it's specifically with regards to evangelism, something that we are stirring. But why do I mention this now? Because the fear of the Lord is power for evangelism. So 2 Corinthians 5.11, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. So there's a seed, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an internal conviction that will help us to go across the uncomfortable and speak to somebody about their eternal salvation. If we get the fear of the Lord right, and I know maybe you like me and you think like, I, I should have it, but, but I don't. Why don't I have the revelation? It's maybe something where we, where we should be seeking, eh? Maybe, maybe something that needs to be, 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 be sought out. Um, Hebrews 4.11 um, speaks about um, while the promise of entering his rest, it speaks of, of, of entering that faith realm which God has for us. While it still stands, let us fear lest anyone fails to reach it. All right, enough has been said. Um, I, for myself, I try to compile a, a, a list of Old and New Testament scriptures on the fear of the Lord, just for me to get a better understanding. It is freeware if anyone wants it, all right? So it's just a compilation. There's nothing to it. If you want it, I'll forward it to you. We can get it from your com leader or whatever. Um, but this is, this is synopsis. Okay? I'm just giving you sort of broad picture. Fear of the Lord balances the way we understand God and should be sought. If the healer God is also there, killer God. Good. So, I want two, two components to our, our, our response to God this morning. Um, the first thing that I think um, we, we, we should be at is like, um, Lord, we want to understand the fear of the Lord properly. Okay, not like, um, and and I know it might feel like, might, might feel like a heavy. It is a heavy to some extent, and it should be, um, but it it can it can be unbalanced for you in this moment. And we're gonna trust that the Lord balances it correctly, even as we asked at the beginning, right? But are you with me that we should be seeking it? Okay, it is a treasure to be had that will give depth to your relationship with the Lord, and open up. The friendship. Okay. Something that Jesus delighted in. Hebrews 5 would say, Jesus' prayers were heard because of his fear. He was crying out to God vehemently, some of the translations would say. It is like loud crying. It is like, like intense, God have mercy. Jesus. Well, well, he wasn't crying Jesus. He was saying, Father. Now, I would be crying Jesus. <laughs> So, so I'm crying, Jesus. He would say, Father, Father, help. Like, Father, help me not to sin against you. Something, there, was, there, were, there must have been with the, the tears and the agony. It's like, God, unless you keep me, I will not be kept. There was a component, there was an ingredient in Jesus' prayers that made them heard. It's available to us if we can get it. 
So first response is God, teach us your fear. Help us to seek it, to embrace it, to choose it. Right? And let's maybe do that, and then I'll uh, say the second part. So if you, if you want to respond, let's just stand together. Lord Jesus, um, you are the one, Lord, to, who introduced the fear. You brought the treasures of heaven down to earth. And there where we were frivolous and oblivious um, to, to what relationship with God really looks like and should look like, you came and, and you delighted yourself in the fear of the Lord. And, 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 and you came to, to, to unpack and reveal what it looks like, both in your, in your way of life, in what you said, and in what you did in the, in the church after you, after you went to heaven, after you ascended. And so, Lord, I just pray that the real God will help us with us. Lord, we are reaching into this which we believe you are speaking. Say, help us to fear you well. Help us to delight ourselves in the fear of the Lord. Help us to understand that there's something really, really dangerous about our loving Father and that there are certain lines that should never be crossed. And I pray that wherever these words are twisted into a wrong meaning, Lord, that you by your Spirit will come and correct it. And you will bring it to what you intended to be for us and every person who might listen to this message. Every person who might, who might be exposed to your teachings. Lord, we want Josh Jen to be a church that fears you well. We want to have the depth of friendship that Abraham and Noah enjoyed. That Joseph made his choices within. That which you walked within, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we come with a prayer, but we don't come just with a casual help us Lord and then continue we want to come with a deep-seated seeking and say God reveal to us today yes but also in the coming few weeks and months and years of our lives that we will be known that we will understand fully well the fear of the Lord your treasure our inheritance Pray this for your namesake, Jesus. Just in your own words, just, just 10 or 20 seconds, just, just, just say something that you are trusting the Lord for in lines of the fear of the Lord. Just, I'm just going to give space for that. Make it personal.
Lord, this morning we, I just also want to ask, Lord, Lord, we use words to describe concepts, but behind those, those words, there's a real experience and a real emotions and real reality, Lord. And even this morning where, where it's just words um, that we're trying to grasp, Lord, I pray that you will reveal, you'll unveil, you will take us into that reality of what is the fear of God, Lord. The reality of the, the, the utter hopelessness of separation from you, Lord. The utter, the utter desperation of, of not having your future in your hands. And Lord, I pray that that's the reality for each one of us, Lord. There's a concept of dire, dire need for you this morning, Lord. And, and I pray that that will be the revelation to us, Lord. Not a word, not a concept, but a reality of an ultimate, powerful, holy God that loves us, but is utterly not, unnegotiable on the way that he relates to us, Lord. That's through his, your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And this morning, I pray that if there's a, if it needs to take a dream, Lord, if it needs to take an experience or whatever, Lord, I pray that you'll lead your church and your people into this this morning. Lord, even your word says uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Lord, and I pray that you lead us into wisdom this morning. And, and through in, in the next few weeks, Lord, I pray that, that this will be a reality for your church. So I just want us to keep in, in this atmosphere. Marty, if you can continue playing. Um, thank you, Fritz. So I just want you for a moment, just consider that some of us might not have had the either understanding or opportunity to respond to the Lord in this way. And here is how salvation works. Salvation is not in an academic knowledge that Jesus is the Son of God and died for our sins, but in a reliance upon a fact. Um, and, the, and the reliance that I place all my hope in that comes through surrender. It is something where we, where we let go of the right to our own life and we surrender the right to our own life into the hands of the Savior. So 2 Corinthians 5.15 said that, that He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for Him who died for them. And I just want to say if you have never formally said, God, here is my life, take it, it is yours. Based on the invitation of the blood of Jesus, based on the invitation of someone dying in your place, this morning, I want to say, don't you want to respond? Say, God, I don't want to live for myself anymore. Here's my life. Please take me through, uh, Lord Jesus. So if you've never done this and you'd like me to pray, you'd like us to pray, won't you raise your hand? Just give me an indication. Like, this is me. I've never said, formally said, God, here's my life. If you've never had an opportunity, this morning is a time where you can say, God, here I am. All of me. Remember, it's not about knowing about Jesus, but surrendering to Jesus that gives the breakthrough.
there anyone like that? You'd like us just to pray with you and you personally would like to say to the Lord, Lord, here I am, all of me. Please save me. So Lord Jesus, we just commit ourselves, we commit every one of us, Lord, for your glory. Hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and may your will be done here on earth, here in this congregation, as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask if you can just take a seat for two more minutes and then. Why don't you, Cassie? We aanmoedig om my skrifgedeeltes en uh, ons sal het dier die communities ook beskikbaar maak en uh, om met, met die skrif te gaan worstel. Ek uh, weet nie, soos wat Frits aan genoem het, partijwoorde het sekere connectatie selfs vir jou um, in een dag wat uh, vrees uh, of om God te vrees al vir slechte ding is um, en God is net die... Ik denk ons het die seesel vir oogend gehad, ons het die eerste worship gedeelte is, kom na Jesus toe, hy is hier, en, en toe die, die, die soul gedeelte daarna, maar as, as jy dalk met een paar van die gedeeltes worstel, wil ek jou aanmoedig, gaan soek jy skryf, praat met ons, kom ons vind die Heere, um, een deel van die vrees van die Heere is om om te soek en te sê, ek moet die, ek moet die waarheid ken, um, en jy is ook vir ons vriende en, en familie rondom ons, wat uh, met sekere aspekte of openbaringe van die Heere sit, wat nie openbaring is nie. Jy sit sal hom slecht wees, as jy aan die einde van die tyd kom en net het sê, oe, hierdie was hier erg God nie. Dit is my idee, dit is idee wat jy gehad het. En ons soek die waarheid, dit is het ons soek. Um, Dirkie en uh, Keitlin, net so vir die oomlik, wil jylle nie gauw vir ons staan nie, hierdie tweekies die uh, dierbare skostal gehuis, so ek wil daarom net voor het, dit is hulle laaste zondag saam met ons, um, hulle trouw hierdie week, so, uh, um, Keitlin het ons na vir julle Rikkie geken, Dirkie was hier vir Rik saam met ons, en um, hy het, hy het uh, half ingevry in die kerk, en, en toe, uh, en nou, uh, en nou is hulle op pad, um, stel in boos toe, Ach, en ons wil net, uh, ek wil hom net so in die midde van allemaal, dit was net vir ons so'n blessing om julle deel vir ons te hee. Um, Dirkie het net so begin deelraak van die worship span toe, uh, hoe is hy op pad wees, maar um, hy het daarom werk gekryd, het ons het groot vertrouw vir dit in Stellenbos. En um, a godly couple is altyd vir ons een uh, blessing, want ons deel eindelijk van geestelike oorlogvoering, geloof ek, in die kerk. So om, uh, ons het hierdie week, Frits en Ellik is 25 jaar na getrouwd, Hulle begin nou. <laughs> so, um, en, en die mooiheid is wanneer ons al die componente saam kan uh, geniet en uh, die Heere sy eerlijkheid dier het sien. So, baie sterte met die week um, en voor en toe hulle is opwees hier, daarom nie uit ons uh, harte en gedagtes nie, ons hou nog contact met hulle, maar hulle skuif um, sal die boos toe en ons wil graag het vir hulle bid. So, daar kan die community gauw net, uh, hier kom hulle kom staan en... <coughs> Kom ons uh, bles hulle. Uh, is, uh, ons weet ons net so voor, uh, hulle trouw woensdag, so net so voor die dag is klomp dinge en al die dinge in die familie en so. So ach jyre, ons wil net bid, sien oor hulle. 
Heere, ons wil die dank vir twee uh, mense wat gaan een word. Uh, ons dank Heere dat hulle u wil soek en ons vraag Heere dat u hulle voetspore sal laai. You guide the footsteps of the righteous. En so ons bless u vir, da, uh, vir dit Heere en ons vraag Heere dat hulle uh, net soos wat u al die hele net getrouw was in hulle planne en uh, ach net hulle verhouding Heere, bid ons dat dit die getuienis oor hulle leven sal wees. Getrouwe God. God wat, uh, wat uh, kind and fearful, the severity and the kindness, Heere, dat die aspekte selfs van verochend sal uitstaan in hulle levens, en vol, um, net vol van die teenwoordigheid sal wees. Ons bles hulle, Heere, in Jesus naam. Amen. Amen. Bles julle toe. Ja, ek net gaan net vinnig vir julle, dit is net vir my, julle, julle getuienis tot nou toe, um, is een van Godse getrouheid. Um, selfs die laaste tyd, wat beide van julle, die werksuitdagings wat julle gehad het, jy wat gesoek het, jy wat gesoek het, en die rees het teleerstelling, is my so duidelik, dat jyre vir julle weis, I've got you, I've got you, dat julle op hom kan staat maak, en dat hy vir julle eindelijk gewaas het, so dis een monument wat julle moet oprug, jy terug te kyk en te sê, maar ek onthou die tyd net voor ons getrouw het, hoe die jyre eerst vir my deurgekom het, en toe vir jou deurgekom het, en die ander, net toe julle gedink het, wat gaan ons nou doen, te sê die heren, maar ek maak die pad gelijk, dis ek wat die deure oopmaak, en dat, dat julle monument sal oprug, met ander woorde iets sal hee, om na terug te kyk, en te onthou, as dinge, want dinge raak betek keer moeilik, dat die mens kan terugkijk en sê, nee, maar die heren het gesê, I've got you, I've got you, blessing. Bless julle. Alright, julle, julle moet een wonderlijke dag he, bring een braai achter, kietstraining, blessing vir die week, ons sien vir